What's up, principals, and welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm a principal, I'm your host, and this is the podcast that, as you know, is all about principles, all about leadership, lessons, learned books. We laugh, we go deep. This is just the podcast that really I wish I had 10 years ago when I became a principal. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat today with the principal that I have on the podcast coming all the way from Houston, Texas, Portia Dudley. Portia, welcome Ooh. to the podcast. Thank you, Adam, for that awesome introduction. Oh, That's I got the, awesome. I got the, thank woo. you for having me. <laughs> heck yeah. Heck yeah. So Portia, we were having, you know, sometimes I, I wish I hit record when I first come on, cause we're having like a great kind of behind the scenes conversation about leadership and connecting and just, and just laughing. Uh, but for the people that don't know who you are, Portia, tell us who you are, tell us where you work, just kind of give us the lowdown on Portia Dudley. Awesome. So as you shared, I am Portia Dudley. So I currently live in Houston, Texas. I grew up here in Houston, Texas. I was an elementary educator for about eight years. Um, one of those years was also spent in middle school. Um, I am also um, a doctoral student at the University of Houston, so that's part of my journey as well. And I'm currently um, serving as a leader. I was an assistant principal for four years, and I'm currently the principal at Arizona Fleming Elementary in Fort Bend ISD. So I've been a leader for seven years and um, in education for 15 years, so it's 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 quite awesome, but I'm so very proud to be a principal. I think it's one of the most rewarding jobs, and it's especially special when you get to mix and mingle with other leaders who are walking the same walk with you, and you learn and grow and gain so much. So I'm just so happy to be here with you and to learn and grow as well. Well, thank you for uh, letting everybody know who you are. And I got to apologize. I didn't even think about this. I live in the Bay Area. You live in Houston. Right now, I'm wearing a warrior sweatshirt. I hope there's no hard feelings. I know we beat the Rockets like three years in a row. I hope we're okay. I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but. Well, my husband is, but I guess <laughs> he would say, Portia, just say it's all love. So it's all good. <laughs> no, I did a bunch of work in Houston the last couple of years and I would wear this and people would, you know, they'd, they'd be giving me booze in the airport <laughs> and stuff. So uh, people always ask me, and I want to ask you, we have a lot of aspiring leaders and just assistant principals that listen to the podcast. What, what kind of was your journey? You said teacher, assistant principal. Uh, what was your journey to getting to where you are as a principal? Because I know a lot of people ask me that question. How did you get a principal job? Like, they're so hard to get. And like, what were some, like, what were some of the building blocks that kind of you put into place to prepare yourself, to prepare the people that were at the central office that were doing these interviews? Um, if you, if you could kind of just give us your, uh, your take on it. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, number one, so obviously um, I went to school to become an educator. So um, I went to school to be a teacher. Uh, that was very important to me. That was something that I knew very early on, even as a, as a kid, that it was something that I wanted to pursue. It was in my heart, a, a deep passion of mine. And so after college, I was blessed to, you know, gain a job right out of college. Um, I was a product of uh, Cypress Fairbanks ISD, which is also here in Houston. And I was I was a December graduate, so I got a job in January as an AMIP teacher. 
And basically that's um, supporting at the time third, fourth and fifth graders who needed um, additional support with passing the STAR test. So it's accelerated math instruction program. So that was in January till May. Um, then after that, that next school year, I was immediately hired on as a fifth grade teacher. So um, I would say while I was in the classroom, you know, it's very important you know, you're building those relationships with the babies, right? Your students, so you're connected with them, you're connected with the community and the families and your colleagues. And I think, you know, for me, it was um, it was just, I guess, a part of who I was. I knew very early on that I wanted to be a leader, right? I feel like I had really great examples of great leadership um, and, and leaders who believed in growing leaders who aspired to do so. But one of the things that's very important is if you feel like that's something that you want to walk into, it's how are you putting yourself out there for that to be known, you know, and it's not just for the leadership opportunity, because a lot of the things you do is naturally it's in your heart and it's what you want to do. It's part of your passion and your journey. But for sure, if you're a leader, you should stand out as a leader. And I think you need to put yourself in position. So outside of being a classroom teacher, I was always heavily involved in different organizations on the campus and, um, you know, hey, taking on those um, opportunities for my assistant principals or principals that would say, hey, Portia, do you want to shadow me or do you want to be a part of this? Or when we'd have different leaders come to campus, they would always come to my classroom and see me and my students in action. And so sometimes putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations um, that will help stretch you and grow you um, and taking on those additional responsibilities, because that's going to put you um, in an arena where they're saying, hey, this is not only a rock star educator, but this is someone who you know, we see him or her in a light as a leader. Um, and so I think it's also having a plan, right? So it's, it, you know, you can want, 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 but if you don't have an action plan on how you're going to get there, it's kind of null and void. So it's also, you know, mapping out your journey of, okay, this is my goal and how am I going to work towards getting there? So obviously it's hard work um, and you taking the steps, you know, obviously to pass your test and, and all of those things that are those necessary credentials. Um, and then, you know, I transitioned from being an elementary educator for several years, went to middle school for one year, and then uh, Fort Bend ISD gave me my great opportunity as an assistant principal right out of the classroom. And it was just such a rewarding experience. So I did that for four years, and then um, I was blessed to apply for a principalship, and I was able to gain that. And I will say, even in applying that particular um, Point in time for the principalship I ended up getting it yes but there were several rounds Adam that it was like no this is this is you didn't get this right so I didn't get certain schools and for me you know because you work so hard and you put yourself out there um it, it's kind of a letdown right but it's all in the Lord's divine timing for me that's what I believe and then when the right school was right for me that was a school that was named for Portia so I say that to say, don't be discouraged that, you know, when you're going through the journey and you hear those no's, because it doesn't mean that it's canceling you out. It's just a part of your journey. And it'll make sense to you after the fact. When you're going through it, you don't understand it. So even though in that period of time, I still was named a principal, there were times where it was, you know, schools, I was applying for certain schools or campuses, and it just wasn't the right school for me or at the time, you know, and so you have to trust the process. So, um, I would just say, you know, naturally let it be in your heart. A lot of times, you know, you want to walk into leadership for the right reason because it is not for the faint of heart. It is the most rewarding job, but you got to be ready for it. And so go into it for the right reasons, put yourself out there so you're known as a leader and then, um, you know, connect yourself and have a plan and just trust the process and know that it all works out in the end. 
Yeah, all of that advice, Portia, is so golden. And I'm gonna pick one of them to talk about. It's be open to leaving the school district that you are in for mm -hmm. an opportunity. And I'll tell you, I talked to so many people across the country that no, cause I'm here and I'm a teacher here and I went here and there's all this like nostalgia and I get that, but mm -hmm. it's healthy to go to another district. You're gonna learn and grow in another district. And maybe someday you go back to that place that you have all the feels for. And um, you just can't, with that being said, a lot of people in this country live in rural areas. I mean, we're both in very urban areas, Houston, there's yeah. tons of school districts where I am in the Bay Area, there's a lot of different options. But um, as much as you can really look outside of, of where you are because it is, it is a, it's important and you're going to learn as, as a leader. So yeah, and I, and I love that, Adam, because here's the thing. The reality is, is that if that is truly a place that you love, you can always go back, right? If the opportunity's there, you know, like I shared, I started, I was a project of Sci-Fair. I was there for numerous years. I then left there, went to Aldean ISD for one year as a middle school teacher. Then I got the opportunity in Fort Bend as an assistant principal. And then of course I've been there as an assistant principal and principal. And those are three different districts, large districts in Houston, very three, you know, different types of districts, right? Um, and I learned so much through all of it. And it's a part of my journey. And guess what? I can speak to each of those experiences collectively in the same and very different, but they've all built Portia up to the leader or educator that she is. So I think that is so important. Now you're not moving just to move and hop around. That's the different story, right? But when you're branching out to get those new experiences and when opportunity calls, I think you go for it. And something that you didn't say about yourself that I'm going to project based on our conversation and also tell people is an important thing to have is confidence. I love how you say Portia and oh. this because no, that shows that like, hey, I deserve a seat at the table and I deserve an interview and I deserve to have a job, maybe not this job or that job or that job, but a job and mm -hmm. just having the confidence to put yourself out there uh, Stephen Curry, who's one of my favorite basketball players because he's amazing, but he's also on the Warriors. He's also, in my opinion, a great human being. They were interviewing his wife, Aisha Curry. And mm -hmm. uh, Aisha is very successful businesswoman. Uh, she has some restaurants, very, very mm -hmm. diversified TV show, you name it. She's also super funny. I've actually seen them downtown in my hometown. They, they live very close to me. And um, somebody asked her a question like, well, don't you think that you are where you are because of Stefan? And she says, you know, hey, there has been some doors that have opened for me because of Stefan. But she said, you know what? I walked through the doors and, right. you know, hey, the door may be open, but you got to have the confidence and the kind of just the gusto in your body that like, no, I can do this. Or maybe Absolutely. I can do it. Or maybe I can do it enough to get through the door a few feet and then learn as you go because nobody is nobody is entirely 100% ready for that next step. Mm -hmm. And if you are 100% entirely ready, you were probably in your last position too long maybe. I mean maybe you were too comfortable and you needed you, and you needed some discomfort. So um, yeah. I would just Thank say Thank you for that. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, have that. And confidence. I think I think that's important because you have to believe in yourself because mm -hmm. Here's the reality, you know, 
I love it's you've probably seen that picture, Adam, where it shows like what success looks like, right? It's not that like straight line, right? It's all squiggly, messy, because it is a journey to get there. And, um, you know, even once you, I guess what people would have called arrive, I mean, you know, it's still, you know, you still have other goals and things that you want to pursue. And even, you know, at the highest point of your game, right, you should always be striving to be bigger and better than you are, if, if, if that's your goal, because, you know, it, to me, you don't want to become complacent or get into a comfort zone. Um, but I think confidence is key because if you don't believe in yourself, we will. Yeah. Well, I think that comment about arriving, it's actually timely that you say that and that you're a product of SciFair. When I was starting my, my speaking journey nationally four years ago, uh, a couple of years ago, I think now um, I was invited to speak to half of the elementary schools in SciFair. And as you know, SciFair is a large district. They're so big, they had to rent uh, the, one of the Baptist churches down there. It was like 4,000 people, this big circular stage, amazing venue. I brought a videographer down. We made a video of the event. It was awesome. And I remember somebody afterwards was like, dang, man, you've made it. And I said, no, no, I haven't. Just because this is an amazing venue with 4,000 educators, I was on that journey. That was two years ago. And I think about speaking engagements that I've done to 50 teachers in a little auditorium in Missouri. It's, it's all the... Um, they're just stepping stones along the way, but you're not just a principal. You are also a mom. You have, you're a the mom. The best right job now. there is. The best job, but you're also pregnant, Portia. Oh. oh my God. You're, you're finishing your doctorate, which we're going to talk about. You're a principal yeah. and uh, you have a family and you're welcoming a new family member in April. So talk about balance is a, is a challenging word for me because mm -hmm. I don't know if we can ever really attain balance. I more like to ask the question, how do, you, how do you approach being a mom and being a leader and, and a wife and a community member so that you do it all and that you're still happy and healthy and have some, some balance in your life? What is, what is your approach? Thank you. Well, that's probably my favorite question because family is very important to me. It's actually the utmost importance. And so um, you can't talk about what you do, um, or I can't talk about what I do without talking about my family, because that's such a huge part of me and uh, the utmost importance. But um, I am a wife um, to my wonderful husband, Christopher. We've been together quite a long time. We actually met in college. So we've been married for um, 10 years, um, and we've been together for about 17. So um, quite a long, fabulous journey. <laughs> We currently have one uh, precious little one. His name is Evan. He's five. And we've been blessed to um, welcome God Say the Same. Another little one in 2021 in April or end of March, early April. Um, so I'm about to be seven months pretty soon. So just a wonderful blessing. But I think you said it. So for balance, because um, your family, especially being a leader, um, it is going to forever be like a give and take, right? And so I think it's a bit of balance, but it's also prioritizing, <clears throat> excuse me. So if you know, um, like for me, I know that it's like, hey, yes, I wanna be a successful principal. I wanna give all that I can to my school, right? Cause I know what I signed up for and saying what I wanted to do for kids and what I wanted to do for teachers in a school community. But what is all of that if you lose your family in the process, right? And so for me, that is a non-negotiable. So it's a constant um, prioritization and making sure that um, the, the reality is, is this, 
in the principalship, there are going to be times where your family, unfortunately, is at a deficit. And anybody who says that it's not, that's just not the truth, right? Uh, because some of it is the nature of the beast. But one of the things that I really work hard to do is I try to leave at a decent time. Um, it's, it's, you know, I model that from myself and my staff, as well as for my family. Now, I'll be completely honest with being a mom, a wife, a principal, doctoral student, for example, I would leave work uh, when I was still going to classes. I'm at the dissertation stage, of course, with my doctoral work. But an example would be, I would leave work about five, get to my classes, right? 5.30, class ends at 8.30. By the time I drive home, it's about close to nine o'clock, right? My little one is pretty much going to bed. My husband's already wound down, but you still wanna make time to check in with your spouse. How are you doing? Try to at least go love on your little one too for a little bit. Um, but Adam, the reality is that's about nine o'clock. By the time I eat, try to have some kind of socialization and, 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 and special time with my family, there were nights I would have to pick back up because it either would be something pertaining to work or something pertaining to school that would need to get done. Um, but you always have to have your family at the forefront. So I try to prioritize leaving at a decent hour. Um, what I do now is I do everything that I need to do if at all possible. So when I leave, I truly leave. So when Portia comes home, there is no work, unless if I have to. On the weekends, it's very seldom that I work unless it's something that I really truly have to push out. I do my best to try not to email my staff as much as I can on the weekends, like over the break, I really truly try to unplug and I give them that peace of mind, me that peace of mind, and I model. They know that like family is a priority to me. You have to make your family a priority. So I think it's, it's all about what you value and you can say you value it, but do people see that in your actions? And so the reality is it's always gonna be a struggle, but you have to work hard towards it. It's, it's, it's just your effort that you're giving towards it. So uh, it's a balancing act, but it's worth it and it's possible. So you said, and I, I've said this for years, it's the constant reprioritization of mm -hmm. what's important because leaders, listen to me, you have a plan, you have an idea that's important. Make sure that plan is flexible. Make sure you can take out pieces of different agenda items and different plans. And you think your day is going to go one way and you think you're going to leave it. 3.30 one day to get home early for something and then the police get yeah. called or there's some big, you know, big to do. And with that being said too, leadership advice is make sure you have other people at your school that can take on things. Mm -hmm. and if you don't, then build the leadership capacity in other people because you can't do it all. If you think you can do it all, you are wrong. You need yeah. to have those people on your team. And speaking of team members, I believe that the interview process and the resume as we've known it, I believe it's, it's dead and it doesn't give a, an accurate depiction of the people that we are when we're interviewing for jobs or the people that we're interviewing. Um, I, I just think it's like, okay, here's the 10 questions. You got 30 minutes. Wah, 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 wah. Mm -hmm. I want to get to know the person. So yeah. what is your favorite interview question to ask candidates as you're interviewing new team members? Ooh, I like that one. Well, here's what I will say. And anyone, well, I want to back up a little bit because you said something about a team. 
And that I can't talk about being a principal or my school or any of that without like giving my uh, school love because I have an amazing assistant principal, Stephanie Clayton. I have an amazing instructional leadership team because you know, Adam, as the principal, you are steering the ship, right? But any good principal knows that it takes a powerful, hardworking team to do the work along with you. And I'm so blessed to have that amazing hardworking teachers and a staff that um, truly loves children. And so I'm grateful for that. But what I think my team would also say, and when we're interviewing people, there's three things that I always share that under my leadership that I look for. And, um, and then I go into some other questions, but I'll, I'd like to share those three things with you. So the first is I always share that I'm looking for someone who's a positive light. So if you're coming into our school, this is an elementary campus with children who deserve joy awe and wonder, right? Love, respect, and they deserve to be successful. So we need adults who want to join that journey and that energy and bring that to kids. So that's the first thing. And, and the thing is, Adam, is though I'm, I'm sharing these things with people, you can kind of read people's facial expressions and you can kind of get a feel like, are you a part of this Fleming family, right? And then I also share, also, so outside of you being a positive light, do you love children? because everybody wants a job, but not everybody truly loves children. And under my leadership, our school family, you need to love kids. You need to want the best for them, no matter what they look like, who they are, where they come from. I need you to love all children. And so, and then lastly, are you an A-gamer? And what I mean by that is I look for people who, you know, I'm the principal, but I don't have all the answers. I need people who are gonna bring their talents, their energy, their love for kids and education and come and rock it. And so as I share those things, typically you're gonna get a candidate who's gonna come back and say, oh, well, Miss Dudley or team, this, this, or this, right? So you, you kind of get an idea of how they're gonna infuse into your culture or in your environment of your school. But something else I always like to ask is, and I say, well, Adam, so I'm so glad that you interviewed with us today. If I were to talk to your most current or most recent supervisor, what would he or she say about you as a quality candidate? And if it goes left, negative, typically not good. But usually if their face lights up and they start saying, well, they're gonna say that I love kids and I'm a hard worker and you know this, this or that, that question will tell you a lot. It, it will tell you a lot. And again, the caveat, make sure that you are following all uh, appropriate hiring practices with your HR department and such. But I, I loved how you get personal and you get deep with those questions, Portia, because I feel like so often the HR department will say, okay, here's your 15 questions and you got two minutes per question and you just can't get to know the person. I mean, heck, you and your husband dated for seven years before you got married. You know, like, you know, you don't go on one date for 20 minutes and then decide you're going to marry the person. You're not going to have a lasting relationship. And I think and someone could just interview very well and be a total different ball game once they hit the ground in the environment. It's just true. And the interview process, I mean, as a principal and as a leader, it is so important because it can make or break campus. It can make or break your culture. And it is very, very important. A hundred percent. I think. Hiring is hard, but what's harder is not keeping the right people. And I don't think yeah. enough leaders think about that. It's, it's fun to hire. It's fun to have interviews and to bring new team members on. And it's, it's not fun to move, move the team members off the team that are not a good fit for the team or for kids. 
or mm -hmm. for the culture of the school. And I think that's another uh, really important piece of being a principal that maybe should be talked about more. Um, yeah. If I think also giving them some ways, some questions that allow them to apply themselves, right? So I'll have you, you know, possibly, do you need to look at some data and talk to us about, or, you know, you know, how do you process that? You know, once you process the data, what would that look like for you as a teacher or a staff member coming in to support our kids? Or I'm going to give you a scenario-based type question, right? And so it's just bigger than, you know, there's just small fluff questions, but it allows you to go a little bit deeper with the candidate to not only know, you know, who they are as an educator, but what are your values and your beliefs, you know? Yeah, no, that's so completely important. All right, if you could do one job for one day, what would it be and why? And if you could do one job for one year, what would it be and why? Oh, so if I could do one job for one day, I probably would. I've always had a fascination with like being like an e-news, uh, you know, um, correspondent. Uh, just because I love people, I love to talk, um, I love uh, entertainment news, I just think it's quite cool, so I would love to do that for a day. If I could do one job for one year, it would be traveling the world with Beyonce, because I think she's quite amazing, she's one of my favorite celebrities. Um, I was, I danced in high school and in college, and so, like, to perform in front of people, I think that's quite amazing. I think not only is she an amazing um person at her craft, but she's also a giver um, to people. She's a family person. She's changing the world in her own way. And so just to be a part of that amazing experience, why would I not want to do that for a year? Yeah, Beyonce, if you're listening, give Portia a call <laughs> if you need somebody to hang out with or maybe a, a tutor for your children. Or I don't know what she got going on, but, <laughs> but something. So uh, what is your best advice for new leaders. I know because I've read books, the 25 things to think about or the top 50 things and mm -hmm. uh, all, all important pieces of advice. But if you had a room full of, of new leaders, what would you tell them, Portia? So I, I, I think about three things that I think are important. So the first, and I kind of talked a little bit about it um, because it's going to be very, very important because it will get hard. Um, is the balance and prioritization, you know, for your family time and not only just your family, but for you, that self-care and um, that, um, you know, that care for yourself and making sure that you're nourished and you are getting everything that you need, it will be very important. So um, just finding a way to make sure that you're communicating with your spouse, communicating with your kids, and y'all have a game plan and that you're constantly checking in with one another uh, and just putting that at the at the top of your list and always going back to that and not deviating from it because that will, your family is your foundation. So just don't lose sight of that in the process. The other thing that I think is super important that it's something that I had to learn, of course, I know as far as being a principal, this is my third year. So I'm still, um, you know, new in the game. Um, but uh, something that someone told me very early on is you have to delegate. And that to me, when I hear that word, sometimes it just sounds so strong of like, you know, it's, it's not about telling a person, hey, you do this, you do that. But delegating is powerful and it also empowers others. And so when you have a team, you have to find out your team's strengths and, and empower them to take on things. Because if not, as a principal, you will burn yourself thin and fast. 
So you have to figure out how you can empower others and give those responsibilities. And I promise you, your people will rise to the occasion. And it not only helps you, but it strengthens your school. And you get to see how many amazing team members that you have that can do these great things. And it also helps because your colleagues, they want to learn from others outside of you, right? And it's important to build your team as instructional leaders as well. So I would say delegate and empower your people and your team. It's, it will save you. And then lastly, I think very important is to build those relationships, uh, especially coming in as a new leader. Oftentimes we think, okay, I want to go in and I want to do this and I want to do that. And all those things are great and that will come. It's going to happen. But you have to build those relationships. And I always tell my staff, we are here for the babies. We're here for the kids. But the reality is, is we can't be good for kids if we're not good for each other. So you have to start with the adults and you have to build that because that infuses into the students. Something that is so important to me as a principal is that when I walk into a hallway, I walk into a classroom, I want kids to know me by name. So if they don't say, Miss Sudley, like we got a problem, right? So to me, allow your kids to know who you are. You, it is very easy because the job is all encompassing and it is very involved and you can get lost and straight away from the main thing. Don't let it happen. Know those students be a visible leader, be a supportive leader, and build those relationships, not just with your staff, but with your students. Your students should know who you are. For me, that's very important. And, um, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in that, but I definitely think if someone were to come to my school and you see me walk around, like my kids know who I am. And I think that's so important. I, there, there is such great leadership advice there. And the last piece that you talked about, I used to say that I wanted my students to see me every single day. And you can tell those leaders that aren't as visible in their buildings and the classrooms, when kids, when the principal walks in and the kids kind of sit up straight and, you know, like kids should see you every day. And if, if every student doesn't see the principal every single day, I would say that that leader needs to really think about their workflow and what they're doing and where they're spending time. Because for so many different reasons, from connecting with students to connecting with teachers to finding problems before the problems get big or, or before the problems come to you, you actually okay. go to the problem and, and solve it and make it a, a learning experience. Well, Portia, part of this podcast is obviously interviewing amazing leaders with amazing energy like you, but it's also having the ability to pass off the microphone to my guests. So of all the people that are listening, all the leaders and assistant principals and aspiring leaders, I'm going to hand you the microphone and I want you to just finish us out on this podcast. Okay. Well, I would just say that if you are an aspiring leader, as I was saying earlier, it's a part of a journey. So don't give up. If you truly have it in your heart, you will get there. So just keep applying yourself, work hard, keep the faith, keep going because you are so close. And it's how many of those no's will you take to get that one yes? So just be inspired, be encouraged, and your time is coming. I would say to my fellow leaders who are already in the trenches, there's nobody quite like you. And the beauty is, is that we have people like Adam and myself who are there with you. And it's amazing how we can have Twitter and you know an amazing PLN to support one another because we need each other. And the principalship is the most rewarding job, but it is a hard job and nobody truly understands it until you're actually there. And so we have to lean on each other, but wow, like think about all that we're able to do in a day's time. 
in a year's time and what we're doing for kids. And I especially know around this time, it's, it's just exceptionally hard, but we're doing it. And so I would say just hang in there, be encouraged, know that you're um, changing kids' lives and just continue to focus on the main thing. And I think through together, um, we will continue to do great things for children and change their lives and um, help teachers, which is what we all were before. It's the most greatest, most powerful prof uh, profession, and we need people who truly love children and want to make a difference. So keep going. Be a leader with light always. Oh, my gosh. So much wisdom. Portia, I've had so much fun talking oh, thank with you, you today. Everyone listening, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, share with another principal friend or an aspiring leader or an assistant principal. And as always, thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. What's up everyone? Hey, before we go today, I gotta give a shout out to NAESP and NASSP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. If you are not a member of these national organizations, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I was a member of my state organization for years and I found that I got so much out of the national organization. They have conferences, they have webinars, they have so many different assets and tools for principals that are doing the job. NAESP.org and NASSP.org. Join up, sign up, connect with them on social media. You will not regret it. NAESP.org and NASSP.org are the national organizations for elementary and secondary school principals.